We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode 47 gaming with the moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a three-year-old. I am joined as always by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Hi there. 47. That's pretty good. I know. Like three more episodes will be at 50. I know. I think we should celebrate somehow. We should. We should. Absolutely. And I hope that I'm not going to jinx it because 50 was the number of episodes that I got to in girl fights. Oh, no. Before I left IGN. So this is no jinxing. Basically, this says, Linda, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to fire me. Oh, until episode 51. Heaven forfend. I would never fire you. You are the, the great Nicole Tanner. Wow. Wow, Nicole, nice. you have it. You have it in recording. You, you want to? I'll say. I'll have my producer cut that out and save it as an MP3 for you. Right. Cool. And then this other guy that you can hear talking to us is editor and founder of Engaged Family Gaming, Stephen Dutzman, who is the father of three children ranging in ages from ten to three. Hail and well met, everyone. Hi. You know, I was just thinking about that saying that I'm the mother of a three-year-old. I'm not going to be the mother of a three-year-old in less than two weeks. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to like train myself not to say three-year-old anymore because it's like even still like, you know, people ask me like, oh, she's three. But it's like, oh, yeah, she's she's basically four at this point. Yeah. So I am in crazy birthday party preparations. So, um, yeah, I thought you weren't going to do that. Well, it's not as bad as it has (laughs) been in previous years. Yeah, right. So, the previous years, we've had the party at my house, and I have come up with all these crazy themed activities for the kids to do. So we're not having it at our house this year, because last year we had 24 kids at our house with the addition of parents. Most kids came with two parents. And our house is big, but it's just not big enough yeah. <laughs> to support that many people. That's a um, lot. Yeah. So this year, the activities, we're having the party at the YMCA which means the activities are taken care of. The kids all go to this big climbing structure thing and play around for half an hour. And then they come to the party room and then we have food and cake and be merry, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've got Octonauts theme going on this year. So I'm doing cute stuff with the food, like naming it after fish stuff and all that kind of stuff. And I was planning my menu around things that I could be cute with as far as fish themes go, but it shouldn't be too bad. I think I've got it under control. We're getting Anna her cake from the same place that we got cake for her last year, her Wally cake, which turned out amazing. So we're really looking forward to that, too. Yeah, yeah. that sounds fun and easier than last year. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Should be much easier. Yeah. I talked to the woman from the YMCA. I'm like, you know, what's involved? She's like, well, you know, you show up like 15 minutes beforehand. You can decorate however you want to decorate. You bring in your food. The kids go play. And then they come back to you and you eat and stuff. And I was like, wow, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's going to be a piece of cake for you. Don't have to worry about it at all. Steven, do so. you do parties for your kids? Birthday parties? So it's a, uh, a that is a bone of contention amongst my children. <laughs> we have done, um, we do them sporadically. I mean, ultimately it comes down to three kids and it gets really expensive. Mm. Um, so we have done at least one or two for each child. Um, you know, that have been quote unquote big, 
Um, but around here, uh, there are plenty of we, we don't do anything at our house because it's just not our our house isn't big enough. Um, so we so the, around our house normally we'll go to like a bounce house or mm. you know something like that. There's a lot of places where they'll rent out old retail establishments and put a bunch of bouncy equipment in them, and they just go wacky in that. Oh, fine. Um, and so we do t- we tend to do that, but. Nothing crazy. We have a friend, however, who does do the crazy party thing, who actually was one of my writers for Engage Family Gaming. She just recently held for her uh, five-year-old a uh, a goth party <laughs> uh, where she rented her local community center and they had a goth party. And her daughter basically looked like one of those like Monster High dolls. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like alive. Oh um, wow! And, uh, like I hope she. I hope floor. she wasn't. I hope she wasn't dressed quite the same way as those monster high dolls because those <laughs> no, are... no, 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 no. It was oh, okay. leggings and it was it, no, it was it wasn't it wasn't that kind of goth party. <laughs> I mean, that's for grownups. So that was the night before for the grownups. Um, right. We ended up not making it because of uh, some car issues. I had to replace a battery, which I didn't know I knew how to do. Thank you, YouTube. Um, <laughs> and so it was. I mean, but the pictures were insane. And last year she had a science theme and she gave mm. everybody lab coats and set up experiments. <laughs> wow. It was insane. Yeah. This, this, this girl, she doesn't, she lets her daughter pick the theme and she just goes crazy. Um, so we get, we let her get that out of our system. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's just crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. That's kind of that how i a little I've bit been. of a ramble, but. Yeah. Is the, is the girl a only child, I'm assuming? Yes. Yes. I think that's what happens because, like, my husband and I are just like every birthday is a huge deal because, like, that's it. She's our only child, and you know, I kept. You know, I we talked about it on the the last birthday party on the podcast last year, and then Linda told me that I was setting the bar way too high for myself. <laughs> Man, me and Linda, me and Linda are right there. This is I tell two people. I give a lot of advice, but I tell I, this is the there are two people that I tell to chill out, and it's boyfriends on the first Christmas. You gotta chill. I know you're, you're the two of you probably aren't terribly excited to hear me say that, but but guys, you have to chill because you're gonna ruin it for Christmas number two, especially if you started dating like after Halloween. Yeah, you you gotta be careful. That's good um, yeah. and and then new parents because the issue is like first birthday, second birthday, whatever. They're never gonna remember it because they won't. They'll see yeah. pictures or whatever. But like if there is a pattern of escalation, so for this girl, I mean. For her sweet 16, I'm pretty much expecting to go on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I don't really know where it'll stop because eventually she's going to have to break this girl's heart, which who would want to do that? Uh, so it's right. just going to keep going. And so I'm expecting to go to like Aruba. Well, maybe you'll, you maybe know, you'll because... get to go into space by then, you know? That would be <laughs> so cool. Lunch. All right. So, hey, you know what? As long as I don't have to pay for it, whatevs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Linda! Now you just have me terrified. And no, we have to no, have a no. Space it's party okay. for Anna. You um, might, or or you can control yourself, <laughs> right. and you'll have now your friends with both me and Linda. We will rein you in. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, That'll I work. That'll work. Okay, so kids' birthday parties, lots of fun. But let's start talking yeah. about games. <laughs> about video games. <laughs> yeah. Is this ostensibly a video game podcast? Yes. Although honestly, I, there's a video game. I'm just going to go on this real quick. For my daughter's first birthday party, obviously she was not going to remember anything, so my husband and I just went with, well, what would we like? And so I made a cake that looked like Ms. Pac-Man, 
And then I made cupcakes and we set them out in a like a board figuration on our table and we put strawberries on some here and there and a cherry and all that kind of stuff. So that's I fun. support this <laughs> largely because I like cupcakes. I'm a little disappointed right. I wasn't invited. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Stephen, I didn't know you then. I didn't know Linda then. So you know. Oh, I guess that's I guess that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, I'll, so I'll allow it. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> so back to video games here. So BlizzCon. Details for BlizzCon have been announced, BlizzCon 2016. If you don't know what BlizzCon is, it is an annual conference which is put on by Blizzard Entertainment just to get people excited about their games, of which they have quite a few good ones. So this year's BlizzCon is going to be taking place November and 4th in Anaheim, California. I think they're always in Anaheim. And there's going to be some pretty big esports finals from their games there. So the StarCraft II Global Finals, the Hearthstone World Championship, the Heroes of the Storm Fall Championship, and the World of Warcraft Arena World Championship are all going to be going on at the same day. Tickets for BlizzCon are $199 each. They go on oh, sale so on April expensive. 20th. Yeah, I know. April 20th at 7 p.m. They'll sell out in an hour. Yeah, yeah. they will. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they... It's really cool. Like, they have this step-by-step guide for buying tickets on their site. They're like, this is going to sell out quickly, so this is the information you should have in front of you when you are trying to order tickets. Yeah, yep. so, yeah it's um, really hard. I yeah. I would be tempted to go to that, except that's my birthday weekend, and I made, oh. I just bought tickets to see Patrick Stewart and Ian McClellan in London. Oh, yeah, no, Ooh. that's way better. Yeah, right? I mean, if you want to send me, Linda, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. I'm, I'll I mean, think yeah. about it, Stephen. Because yeah. uh, BlizzCon right. is really fun. I went in 2010, and it's a blast. Um, so besides the main event there, they're also doing a charity uh, pre-show dinner. Tickets for that are $750 a person. Whoa. But it's for charity, so, you know. Yeah. And then uh, they're also doing this thing like they did last year where you can buy a virtual ticket, which will give you access to a series of streams, and you can get, like, a virtual goodie bag. That will go with it. Details on that haven't been announced yet, prices or any of that type of stuff. Although I don't think you have to worry about that because I think they could sell as many virtual tickets as they want. So Yeah, they did that a lot last year. If you play yeah. Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm or World of War, basically if you play a Blizzard game, even if you have zero intention of buy, of of looking at any of the streams, the virtual goodie bag will likely contain one-of-a-kind, unique stuff, like skins, card backs for you crazy Hearthstone players. Yeah. Um, I would be stunned if it doesn't include virtual currency in a bunch of different yeah. games. Yeah. Um, probably a mount for World of Warcraft. If nothing else, buy one, sit on it for a while, sell your codes on eBay. <laughs> Depending on how wacky it is, you might pay for a semester of your kid's college. I'm, I'm not really that much, but <laughs> yeah. some books probably. I mean, these things are insane. Buy a seat. Buy, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking I might buy one too, um, depending upon. I don't know if they'll get full. Will they get full details of what's in it, do you think? Or you just kind of have a grab bag? I would suspect that we will have some details leak beforehand. I don't know how. I don't know. I mean, we'd have to ask around on Twitter to see if they were leaked beforehand. But yeah. It's going to be there. If there's Hearthstone stuff, Nicole, it's all yours because I don't play that. I'll give <laughs> okay. I'll give you the Hearthstone codes. Yeah, yeah you know, the, car- the card back thing, actually, um, you know, you can already pre-purchase stuff for Whispers of the Old Gods. And the card back that you get with that is really, really cool. It's like 
the middle of the card is like an eyeball and it like moves around and looks different places. I'm like, wow, that card back is awesome. Almost makes me want to buy it. But then I realize when I'm playing the game, you don't see your own card back, really. You only see the card back of the person that you're playing Mm -hmm. against. So it's like, why why would I spend the money on that card back? I'm not ever going to see it. Status. It's status. I, yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. I mean, I, that's that's really. I mean, it really comes down to this is a big one. Did you play Magic back in the day? No, I think we've had this conversation. You're gonna keep yeah. bringing it up. No, Stephen, I did not play Magic. <laughs> well, it just shows how much I pay attention when you talk. Um, so oh wow! The, I love you. I love you. Um, so the, no, the reason that I say that, like, as someone, uh, so in Magic you have mana, right? That are uh-huh. lands. There is something to be said, and there are people who will collect a set of land from a set that is older and will use just those land as they play, kind of as a, like, a prestige point. For example, I I play white all the time, and I have a set of foil, white, like, foil planes from an older set that I will always bring out whenever I play. Mm -hmm. Um, And that ultimately comes down to it's kind of a status symbol. I think this is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like, I get to say... I was around then. I collected these cards then. Mm -hmm. They may not be of any particular value, you know, but there's something to say. In 10 years when Hearthstone is huge and you can't get the Whispers of the Old Gods back, Mm -hmm. there are going to be some players who are going to rock that eyeball card against their opponents, and and those opponents are going to see, oh, wow, this person's been playing a long time. And not necessarily as a, a, like a mental thing, but just as a, okay, so... You know, it's a status thing. I, I yeah. think that might be all. Respect. Yeah. I mean, but if you don't value that, bugger it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like looking at it. And it's so like, if I'm not going to be able to look at it, like there is one, my husband actually has a card back that was super, super cool. And I'm like, where did you get that thing? And it was like, you got it if you played Heroes of the Storm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make that commitment. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, how much Heroes of the Storm do you have to play? I don't know. I don't know. He he played a decent amount. I don't know exactly what was required to get that card back, but because I mean, it could just be opening an account and playing and winning a match. At which point, just go make a character and then sit a like go make a sandwich and go AFK and let your team <laughs> accidentally win. Like, and then you're done. I, I mean, I say that as someone who has done that in various games to get various rewards before. Oh, like, I'll bet that you makes do. you popular, Steve. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say real team player there. <laughs> I mean, or play the game, but I mean, realistically, if you're playing a MOBA that you've never played before, you may as well go AFK. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's true. That's for, true. All, for all the help you'll give them, you'll probably help them better by not dying. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. That's, that's true. That's fair enough. So speaking of Heroes of the Storm, uh, Heroes of the Dorm, this competition that we've been talking about for the past few yeah, weeks, the finals are happening this weekend in Seattle. Yeah. Linda, are you going to go to that? Did you decide? Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, the PR guy said I could go and to a group interview of some of the team at, nice. at noon on um, Sunday. Yeah. And then I can attend the finals on Sunday evening. So, I'm yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm super jealous. Are you? I'm sorry. Yeah. I wish Steven, you were here. you just need to move out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. About that, let me just let me just uproot my whole family. Let's all just go out to see. Actually, my wife would love that, but I don't know. School districts out here are pretty good. It's a good place where I am. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anyway, we'll we'll keep working on you. Yeah. 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 You guys can. You're certainly welcome to do so. So 
I, I will admit I am super jealous. How about them? How about them Huskies? UConn. Woo 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 woo. I'm really excited. They're in the they're in the final four of the, the thing. Oh, they, I'm not oh, even talking oh, about the are. national basketball. Oh, you're right. They are. Yeah. Do you guys think I was talking about the women's basketball yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. The like they're I, the I most dominant. Confused a little bit. I, I don't oh, know. Right. You talk. You start talking mascots, and my brain just shuts down. Well, it's just like oh, this is sports. Yeah. Like blinders go. Wrong. Well, University of Washington is a co- here is Huskies too. So yeah. Oh wow. Women, All right, yeah. that's complicated. All right, so yeah. so no, I am not talking about the women Huskies uh, basketball team that won their fourth championship in a row and is the most dominant. Uh, sports team in athletics history. Yeah, Not talking about that one. I'm talking about the University of Connecticut. Uh, Heroes of the Dorm team making it to the Final Four alongside Arizona State, the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, and the University of Texas in Arlington. Um, wow, you've and got that I am, right on the tip of your tongue, yeah. man. That's awesome. It's either <laughs> that or I have an article written by one Linda Brenneman in front <laughs> of me of that right I'm reading now. word yeah. for word. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, I knew the names, but I certainly was not, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the boss's article. <laughs> um, be, I mean, for real, it's right here. I mean, yeah. so the way that it works for those listening, um, and I highly recommend that you, um, take a look at the stream. Yeah. Unless you're super awesome and get to go live, go <laughs> live. Cause watching an esports event live is, is unlike any other. However, it's available on the watch ESPN app. You'll be able to watch it on Twitch or on YouTube. I don't know how many of your listeners are Twitch savvy, so YouTube is going to be super easy to find. Uh, but also on ESPN, there's going to be links right to it. Watch it. Of all of the MOBAs, and I, I play a MOBA called Smite, um, of all of the MOBAs that are out there, Heroes of the Storm is the easiest to watch because the characters are huge mm-hmm. comparatively. Um, and whereas most MOBAs, you're playing kind of like a, it's a, you're playing on a single map where there are a bunch of lanes and some of the, you, you don't really know what they're trying to accomplish yeah, it's hard. other than beat down the other guys. Yeah. Here's the storm. All of the different maps have very obvious objectives. I'm trying to collect coins to pay off this pirate so that he shoots cannons at the other guy's base. Like there are very, uh, I'm trying to go down into the mines so that I can do this thing so I can set off this Colossus to walk across the map or whatever. Like there's always a very obvious goal that they're trying to accomplish. So you can watch it even though you don't necessarily understand what the shoutcasters are saying. Mm-hmm. And it's really and it's also, you know, it's five on five, it's neat. And if you've played Blizzard games in the past, you may actually recognize some of the characters. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're they're all Blizzard characters. So um, you know, Diablo and a whole bunch of World of Warcraft heroes, etc. So I recommend watching it. I've actually been watching a lot of the games. I haven't been watching all of them because there were a lot, but they are not terribly long. Each match, each game is approximately 20 to 25 minutes, um, and they do a best of three. The grand finals, which is going to be on Sunday the 10th, is going to be, my understanding, a best of five. However, even then, that's longer, but it's still not bad. Um, Yeah. I, I highly recommend it to everybody. Watch it. You can... Watch a YouTube video before you bring younger kids in to watch it, because the game is there is a little bit of violence in it. I mean, all the conflict resolution is done with guns and swords and whatnot, but watch it. It's it's very interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to check it out. In other MOBA news, it looks like that there is going to be a VR spectator mode for Dota Two now that the the Vive has been Vive or Vive has been released, which is pretty neat. Um. Like like Stephen had said, watching 
your regular MOBAs, like your League of Legends, it's really kind of like a boring, like, you know, little, little people going up these lanes and you can't really see anything. Dota 2 is sort of the same. But if you put it in VR and you can sort of pull the map up and zoom in on places and turn it around and see different things, I, that has the potential to be really, really cool. And I know that there was, um, I don't know if you guys remember, like a few months ago, on the HoloLens site, Microsoft was soliciting ideas for HoloLens applications. And the one that was actually the most popular was a League of Legends spectator map viewer thing. Hmm. So it sounds like this is the same type of thing. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it takes video games spectating to a whole new level. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. neat. It sounds like makes it'd be it even, really cool. Yeah. It makes it even cooler than, you know, spectating uh a real life sport. I was about to say a real sport. All these games are real sports, real life sports. Yeah. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. I wonder when that then, will come along. It'd be pretty cool to be standing in the middle of a basketball court watching those guys thunder down. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it'll happen someday. I think. Yeah, it would be kind of scary. Yeah, actually. it might. Or in yeah. the middle of a football match. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah. yeah, that'd be one of those VR things that I would be closing my eyes yeah. during yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> so other cool news that has come out in the last week. Uh, so now anybody who has a retail Xbox One can turn that Xbox One into a dev kit, which is super, super cool. It's it's only available for preview program people right now. And if you don't know what preview is, it's just you get to take a look at like dashboard updates and whatnot before everybody else it's super it's pretty cool. It is super cool. It's super easy to be in preview. All you have to do is know somebody who has it and they invite you and then you're you're in. So it's not something special that like only Microsoft people can do. It's it's anyone. So yeah, so basically there's just an app that you download and run and then you turn your Xbox into a dev kit. You can plug in your PC, you can develop in Unity. And it's, it's, it'll just run on your Xbox, which is super cool. But one thing to note <laughs> is that once you make that switch over to a dev kit, if you decide to take it back to regular Xbox mode, you have to restart it with factory settings, which basically means oh. you're going to uninstall all your games and lose all of your data. Oh. So think. Don't do it. Unless you actually want to be a game developer. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yes. If you're just going to mess around in Unity, do that on your PC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yes. great, but unless you seriously have aspirations to do so, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do it. Good advice. Don't do it. I have zero intention of doing it. It's neat, but there's no way. Unless I, unless the only way I can play a pre-release game is if I'm in like a debug mode that that provides, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I can't. There's too yeah. much risk. <laughs> so I can't lose all my I can't lose all my stuff. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, you would you would be losing like your save data and whatnot. You don't like your games would be uninstalled, but it's not like they're gone forever. Anything that you oh, bought, you could reinstall. So. But my my save data my save data is important to me. <laughs> no, no, mine is important to me as well. Um. Okay. So other news: Laura Croft has turned twenty. Yay! Yay. It's it's so hard to believe that the original Tomb Raider was released in 1996. So yeah, so she turns 20, and then in celebration of her birthday, if you make a donation to Game Changer Charity, uh, Game Changer is really similar to Child's Play, and that they give video game systems and games to children's hospitals and all that kind of stuff. 
So if you give a dollar, and I mean this, just one dollar to Game Changer, you get a free copy of Tomb Raider 2013 for PC. That's very This cool. is a no-brainer, people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's a good game. It's insane to me. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know if I wrote this in my story or not, but I think if you give like 15 bucks or more, then you get some special Tomb Raider swaggy bag thing that goes along with it. And Laura Croft. A swaggy bag? A swaggy bag, <laughs> A swaggy yes. bag? Hey. Is, I, that a, is that a Seattle thing? No. <laughs> no, it's a Nicole Tanner thing. Uh, yeah. I'm coining a term here. My friend okay, Chris Charlotte cool. does it all the time, so why can't I do it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, right. I, when I wrote this story for Pixelkin, I had to go back through Laura's storied and not always enjoyable history mm-hmm. uh, in games, which um, it was neat to kind of go back through and remember this kind of stuff. But I remember um, when I worked for Game Now magazine was when Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness, right before that one was supposed to come out, which I think was like Tomb Raider five or six if you're remembering them all but i remember watching some of the editors play through that and it was so terrible oh my god really so terrible like well we all know that back in the day laura croft had these enormous breasts so one of the things that was terrible in this game was that her breasts would like bounce and move like irrespective of each other so like (laughs) one would go up while the other would go down and it was it was the most bizarre thing i had ever seen at least in dead or alive the jiggle physics are like at least they move in the right direction (laughs) so uncomfortable nicole terrible it was so bad so yeah so the first couple tomb raiders were very well received i did not play them back in the day i know that one of my husband's roommates really loved the first tomb raider game for PlayStation 1. And then I didn't play them at all, actually, until Tomb Raider Anniversary, which it had already been handed off to Crystal Dynamics at that point. It was kind of a reimagining of the very first Tomb Raider game. And I loved Anniversary. I thought it was awesome. And then they also went on to do Tomb Raider Underworld, which was good. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but but it was good as well. But then they totally just blew everything out of the water with Tomb Raider 2013. and. Mm-hmm. Now it has become this wonderful, wonderful franchise. If you ever wanted to see what Tomb Raider 2013 was about and you have a PC that will play games, go give a dollar to this charity and you will get it for free. Yeah, yeah. It's Highly really recommended fun. there. Yeah. So other news, and this is, this is kind of techier news than a lot of the other stuff. So there have been some rumors floating around that um, a 4K PS4 uh, is on the way. Now, 4K is basically just basically means resolution and there are 4k tvs on the market as well they're like super crazy look really really good if you have content that is also 4k so the thing with the playstation is that it's going to have 4k content you look at it on a 4k tv it's going to be unbelievably amazing this is just a rumor there was nothing confirmed anywhere despite many many headlines that said it was confirmed which was something that really irritated me (laughs) the story was coming out um, welcome to journalism. <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome to ja- welcome to games journalism in the twenty twentieth century, twenty first century. <laughs> it's the twenty first. In the twenty teens. Yeah. In the yeah, twenty teens. For sure. Um. But yeah. So this would be this would be cool if it comes. Uh. Base. I mean, games can be made in four K already at this point. They can only be played on PC. And those games that if you want to run them in 4K, if you have the monitor that supports that resolution, you need a freaking amazing PC to play these things to get them to run. 
at 60 frames per second or even 30 frames per second um, in some cases. But this this whole 4K stuff, it, it isn't cheap. Like the 4K TVs have been around for, I think it's been a couple years now. They're still ranging in price from about 1000 to 2500 based on, you know, size and whatnot, which makes it like, I'm just curious, PlayStation does come out with a 4K PS4, what kind of cost that is going to have? Because it just seems like, I don't know, if TVs cost that much, you know, it's going to cost more for your devs to develop at that resolution. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. What do you guys think? Um, it's it's not going to happen. You don't think it's, it's going to happen? It's not going to be 4K. I don't think it's going to be 4K. I think there's definitely going to be PS4.5 or something like that. I, I think yeah. they're going to do a hardware refresh that's going to be more powerful, largely to help catch up. Um, because the, the PSVR, which is launching later on this year, is mm-hmm. going to launch less po- with. It's going to be less powerful than um the both the Oculus and the uh the the Vive, the Vive, whichever that is. So it's going to be behind in power just by nature of the fact that it's using its hardware, the GPU, et cetera, are all mm-hmm. the PS4, which is lags behind in power from the PCs required to run these other devices. So yeah. it makes sense that they would create a new device that would be more powerful to fix that. I am, I'm not going to make any bets on this, but I, I don't, I strongly believe that the uh that they're not going to go for 4k that's too much i mean the reality is a television's right now and gaming right now is built at 1080p that's what mm-hmm. the playstation 4 does for that's 1080 1080 pixels per square inch on your monitor um is it per inch or per center i'm not sure 1080 over a given size 4k is 4000 pixels yeah for sake of giving technical layman some ideas to what it is so it's almost four times as much junk on the screen, um, which makes very smooth animations, but it, you need a you need a significantly more powerful GPU, mm-hmm. which would mean it's way more expensive. I cannot imagine Sony would be so stupid <laughs> as to make, and, and I mean this completely, they would be very dumb, considering right now the PlayStation 4 is selling at a rate that is unprecedented. Con- yeah. And that's saying something, considering they made the PS2 which sold in an unprecedented fashion, yeah. and it had a Trojan horse in it that was a DVD player. This doesn't even do that. It's just mm-hmm. con- it's proving that console gaming isn't dead because it's selling like crazy. To then just come out and be like, well, we're going to make something that's like th- you know four times as powerful. That means everyone who bought one that was an early adopter that helped prove that Sony Play- PlayStation 4 is as you know pop- it made it as popular as it is, mm-hmm. is going to have to buy another machine. Because yeah. the reality is, towards the end of the cycle, there's going to be games that are not going to run on the original PS4. They're going to run, quote-unquote, but they're going to look like crap. Yeah. I mean, as a 3DS owner who has a new 3DS and a regular 3DS in my house, mm. um, Hyrule Warriors Legends is garbage on my son's regular 3DS. But mm. my on the new 3DS we have, it actually works. It's going to be the same thing. They, they, I can't believe that they would do that. On such a level to make it 4K. Yeah. They make it a little bit better. Maybe make it optimized a little bit more for 3D and for, you know, VR. I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. 4K, no way. Uh, not to mention the fact that that would make it like an $800 console. They don't want to do that. They, yeah. No way. Yeah. I think this whole thing came about from an interview somebody had with Netflix at um, CES. Basically, they said, like, Sony has promised us 4K something or other. And 
everybody just jumped on that was like oh that means there's gonna be a 4k ps4 yeah no stuff gets blown way out of proportion as it does welcome to welcome to gaming journalism 2016 (laughs) yeah (laughs) journalism journalism is dead i mean i'm so sad because I have a degree in journalism, and you know when I got my degree was just when journalism on the web was starting to come into play. At that point, it was like your newspaper or your magazine had a website where they posted some of their content. And now it's just like there's, there's just no standards most places, and anybody who has a blog can be a journalist, quote-unquote. It's very frustrating to me. All right. Off the journalism high horse there. <laughs> so this next story is super, super interesting to me, and I hope that it's true, is that there was some artwork leaked um, from Sony that suggests that there is a new God of War game in development and that it may be moving into the Norse mythology world of things, which it would need to move to something because they totally exhausted all of the Greek pantheon in the previous three games. So... Um, but this artwork looks pretty cool. It's been a while since there was a God of War game. I know God of War is not everybody's cup of tea, but I love it. It's the best thing to play when you're mad. It has helped me cope with my <laughs> anger in many, 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 many situations. Be angry, come home and play God of War and just feel a lot better. So wow. So so when you're mad, you want to rip the God of the Sun's head off and use it for a flashlight? That's what you want to do? <laughs> yes. That's your thing? Yes. All right, that's cool. It's... Spoilers, don't make Nicole mad. <laughs> right, that's exactly. my. That's the lesson I'm learning from this. It's just, I mean, it's ter- it's really violent, but it's just so satisfying. I don't know how else to say it. It's just so satisfying I, to I, sort of just, like, stab somebody with a dagger and just rip away. It's just, I don't know. Wow. I just love Family it. Family gaming podcast, Nicole. Calm I, down. That's hey, all, you know what? There, there, there are parents that listen to this i'm i'm sure i'm not the only listen the only person out there that likes god of war so listeners if you like god of war write in hello at pixelkin.org and tell me that i'm not alone yeah i want to be specific i love me some god of war too and i enjoy my violent stuff i i I just i am i am stunned at this i didn't (laughs) i didn't i did not expect it um no i this is rad and i hope it is true I'm disappointed to a degree that they're sticking with Kratos, though. Uh, um, yeah. I would have liked to see, because Kratos is cool and all, but, like, they don't need to have to have the hero be Kratos every time. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of done with him. Yeah. But whatever. I'll play it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm not going to play with my kids. I'll tell right. you what. But um, I, I think that the, the, the announcement, the leak confirming that there was a God of War development, that's silly. Of course, there was a God of War game in development. Right, Somebody yeah. was making one because it's going to make tons of dollars and, they, you know, whatever. So that, but Norse stuff, that makes total sense. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they have gods of war there that need, that need their comeuppance. I don't know how they could, <laughs> how they got involved in this. He's going to yeah. come in there and be all mad. And they're going to be like, what? We were, we were like, it's cold up here. That's it. <laughs> what, why? And he's going to be like, because I'm grumpy. And and that's it. And and then on with the stabbing. I mean, it, I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah. If for nothing else, because he gets to beef with Loki and Thor. I, I think I know that sounds kind of silly, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe have brought. There are more people that know about like Heimdall and the Rainbow Road and the Rainbow Bridge, not the Rainbow right. Road. That's a Mario Kart thing. <laughs> but the Rainbow Bridge, like the, a spotlight has been shined on yes. the Norse mythology, a way that 
in a mainstream way that never really has been. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people might be like, oh man, God of War. Like everybody knows, you know, Hercules and various other, you know, everybody knows the Greek gods. I think Norse is a great way to go um, because Marvel kind of did half their marketing for them. Yeah. It's like, thanks Thor. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. Kratos and that, you know, doesn't really make sense. And I mean, they weren't ever like really concerned about um, story continuity because Kratos dies at the end of like every game uh but uh spoilers at the end of three he like supposedly like really 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 dies and it was just basically athena that's left and i was like well maybe they could twist this and make athena the main character like do goddess of war like how awesome would that be even though i knew it would never happen i was still like that would be cool and i wish they would do that there are plenty of strong, angry female Norse women that could totally yeah. tear up that. Like, I mean, the, even within that, I mean, it's a, it. There are plenty, so I, I would be very happy to see it. I mean, who knows? It, I mean, it's made by. I mean, it's being done by Sony Santa Monica, right? So yeah, they've done the all of, that, of them. Yeah. So the head of Sony Santa Monica is a woman. She just got interviewed by uh, Colin and Greg over at Kind of Funny oh. Games for on their last podcast. So nice. I, I, Maybe she would, but she doesn't seem to really care. She just wants to make the story she wants to make. Yeah. Which I totally, you know, she's not going to just make it a female character because she just feels because. pressured to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I am, which I fully support. I mean, make the game you want to make. There's mm-hmm. tons of games out there. I just, I just rather somebody other than Kratos largely because I, I think Kratos limits their gameplay because he is a big hulking brute of a guy. And I think that there is room, not that I want it to be like Assassin's Creed, but I think it's very deliberate, right? Like he, he trudges along and I think they could add, considering how much more power they have, I think they could have a character that might be a little bit more lithe and maybe add some more verticality to it. And I think that that would be perfect for a female character because it makes total sense that a woman character might not be like super brutish like him because I, I, you know, I can't imagine them designing a female character to look like him. And, you know, maybe she would be more lithe and maybe a little bit more fast and just as brutal, but maybe she could go up because, you know, he wasn't much of a jumper. I mean, he had he could <laughs> jump, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, he jumps like Zangief. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe they could have somebody jump like Chun-Li in Vega, which is, I know I'm crossing the streams. That's a straight <laughs> reference, but, but. Right. Yeah. It, well, jumping was know. never, it was never a big part of the gameplay. So it wasn't like, like your platformer where you were going to jump to your death. It was more just sort of, you know, you press the button, you're going to make it to the next, the next ledge. So, but yeah, so I love that game so much. The first one, especially my, I was talking to my husband about this last night about this, like possibly Norse mythology thing. I was talking about like the first God of War game was just so much fun. And it just got you like right off the bat. Like the first, probably the first piece of gameplay that you do is against a Hydra. Like this huge, mon- you know, monstrous hydra yeah. where you have to cut off its heads and to, to get to the center head. It was just a great puzzle boss battle. And, like, I remember, like, honestly, while playing that, thinking, like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. And I usually don't think that when I'm playing a game. It's like, after I'm done, I'll be like, hey, yeah, that was really fun. No, it was during the gameplay. I was like, this is so much fun. I am loving this. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, if you don't mind your violence... And your blood and some sexual content, then go for God. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is definitely recommended for post bedtime play, um, yes. or with you know mature 
teens, um, you know your kids. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what God of War is like, um, I recommend waiting until the kids go to bed and look up a YouTube video. Uh, <laughs> I am sure there are many, and you'll see what I mean. Specifically, I recommend, my personal favorite is look up God of War Helios Fight and see what I mean, because it's, it's intense. Yeah. It's intense. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Family okay. games, anyone? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, family games. Let's move to, well, it's not exactly a game, but it's definitely family friendly. So, Mitomo. Mitomo wait, is wait, wait, out wait, wait, now. wait, 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 wait. Pa- pause for a moment. Wait. I thought we were going to talk about Final Fantasy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't make your, it didn't make, somehow the, the two hour long video stream and me freaking out on Facebook didn't make the cut for the, the topic list today. I'm sorry. Um, I totally said no, that's we were okay. going to and I forgot. So Final Fantasy okay. 15, Game Informer has like a ton of new information on it in their yeah. most recent. Uh, Steven, I, I'm going to admit, I've never really been a Final Fantasy fan and I was just looking up the Game Informer information before we started recording. So you tell me. Do you, do you, want, me to, you want me to just go crazy for a go minute? Go crazy for a few minutes, yes. Okay, everybody. So... I feel like a sense of like power coming over me that I'm that I'm suddenly in control for a brief moment of time. So I'm going to have a moment. OK, so I had my moment. Here's how this works. Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered took place last week, was hosted by some video streamers. Greg Miller was one of them. And it was insane. The most, they announced 15 different things about the game. Here are the ones that actually matter to parents right now. It comes out September 30th of 2016, so everyone knows where I will be for the next several <laughs> days after that. There is a free demo that is available right now on Xbox One and PS4. It's called Final Fantasy XV Platinum Demo. This is a demo that is fully external from the game, meaning it is content that will not appear in the game. You, in fact, play as the main character uh, while he is a child. It is a dream sequence. The idea is you play as a little kid. It is intended to show you what combat will be like, and you explore this kind of dreamscape. And in this dreamscape, there are these little gold and silver and platinum discs on the ground. As you step on them, they kind of change the weather or change from day to night. It's almost like a tech demo kind of thing, showing... Mm. Uh, what the you know what the engine is capable of? Super gorgeous. Uh, normal historically, Final Fantasy games were technical benchmarks, right? You could use that yeah. to tell like where the. That's not the case now. This is going to be a very middle of the road game. So if you're expecting like Uncharted Four, like something that's just going to change the world, um, don't. Uh, that's not what this is. With that said, um, it's super cute. It's very Kingdom Heartsy because you're playing a little mm. kid running around, and he has like a squeaky hammer and a toy wooden sword, and he's fighting these little like spirit things. But it's very neat. It is free, so anyone that is even somewhat interested, play it, download it. it takes a couple hours to play through, if that. Those are two things. There were special editions; those were sold out in like three minutes. This is a game that is rated T for Teen. It, the reason for that is. It is realistic violence. Uh, There's not a lot of blood because usually you're fighting monsters and whatnot, but it can be intense. There is a trailer available online right now. I recommend everybody take a look at it. The theme song for Final Fantasy XV is Stand By Me. Yes. By Florence Um, and the Machine. As as performed by Florence and the Machine, which is um, a haunting rendition of that song. Um, Mm -hmm. So I recommend that everybody take a look at it. I think that it's actually a really good cover of the song. Just in general, I agree. Um, is that in the trailer? It is in. It is yes. It is super in the trailer. Yeah, because I haven't um, heard it yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. 
kill two birds with one stone. This is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah, it, it looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the final Nichols is kind of part of the target audience, right? I mean, the issue is I am a final. I am a slave to Final Fantasy, right? I will buy every Final Fantasy game that they release. Um. That is not an MMO. Mm. Um. And. <laughs> Well, and, and the only reason I won't do the MMOs is because my wife tells me it's not a good idea that I play MMOs, and I listen to my wife. So, Oh, well, I heard the MMO else. was not very good. My husband tried um, to play I, it with his friends for a while, and just, yeah, just wasn't um, happening. I think, I think it, well, but I don't know. I didn't play it. Um, so <laughs> the, but there are a lot of people who have fallen off, right? I mean, they, ex- mm-hmm. they played these games on the Super Nintendo, and they played Final Fantasy VII on the PS1. My personal favorite is Final Fantasy X on PS2. Like, they played these games, and they have fallen off. Largely, a lot of people were disappointed with Thirteen and its many sequels. So mm-hmm. this is an attempt to kind of bring it back. From everything that I can see, as well as anecdotal evidence, it really looks like this might have a chance. Um, there are a lot of people that are disappointed that the main party in the game is four guys. Mm-hmm. There are no women in the main party, which is, the, which is a first. My... Two counterpoints to that are we just got done with a decade of the strongest female lead in a Final Fantasy game in a very long time, Um, and Lightning was around for a decade, and I think I'm looking forward to this because these four guys are best friends, they've been around forever, there's an anime actually that they announced that you can watch right now that are explaining their backstories and I'm looking forward to playing this with my son and them having examples of like not the dudes from Gears of War mm, being friends right, right? like real yeah. legit like hanging out on a campfire care about each other male friendship and bonding which is mm-hmm. something that you don't see a lot in media so I think that that has a possibility shout out to Alexa Ray Korea from GameSpot who actually kind of pointed that out to me which I didn't see it um, she wrote an article on GameSpot some uh, around PAX East last year, which I really impacted me, and I can't wait to play it with my boys. I'm going to be talking a whole lot about Final Fantasy 15 for the remainder of the year. Um, in fact, I have a down, I have an app on my phone that will tell me that we have 177 days until the release of uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. So anytime I'm on a podcast from now until then, I will be t- making a point to say how many days we have left. So okay. Um, I this is this is the biggest game of the year for me. Now that I saw that release, there's nothing else. If I was told that I could buy no other game, I could only buy one game for the next three years, it would be Final Fantasy 15. Not close. Wow, wow. I mean, Final Fantasy. And I don't game even know is, what's coming out. Yeah, it it's always an event. Like even though like they've sort of fallen off in popularity, release of Final Fantasy is still a big deal whenever one comes out. Um, but yeah, it sounds interesting. I might check it out. Um, I didn't play ten, but I watched my husband play ten a lot. Uh, at that point, I really wasn't—I wasn't into taking the investing the kind of time that it takes to play a game like that. So, totally like, fair. I would—I I would—I would wander in and watch the cutscenes, and you know, you know, basically get the story that way. So yeah, all right, so cool. Final Fantasy fifteen demo. You said available now on PS4 and Xbox One. Yes, so. it is totally free and absolutely worth it. Honestly, it's worth it as a standalone experience. It's adorable. You run around, fight some little monsters, get some crystals. If especially if you have any interest, if you complete the demo, you you actually unlock the summon Carbuncle, who is this super adorable like unicorn fox dog thing. 
who you unlock him in the main game and you actually get to name him whatever you want. Hmm. Um, so, and you can only get him by playing through the demo. They're also going to have a mobile game, which is basically like a monster pinball game that's going to be coming out before the game comes out. There's an anime. It's going to be a five-part thing on YouTube that the episode one is out right now that explains the backstory of the characters and a full-length feature, uh, full-length animated feature film called Kingsglaive right. Yes. That's going to have Sean Bean in it, so obviously his character's going to die. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, uh, one of the women from Game of Thrones, I don't watch it, she plays the queen. Oh, yeah. Is, it has relations with her brother, I understand. Yes, Cersei. They made some jokes about that. Cersei, yeah, so Cersei, she plays yes. one of the characters. And then the young guy from Breaking Bad, what's his name? He's in I, it, too. Yes, I, didn't I watch remember Breaking I wrote Bad. the story with like the cast members in yeah. it. Who so else is in it? They're all in it. And so immediately everyone assumes Sean Bean's character is going to die, which is really funny, <laughs> I think. Yeah. But So all these crazy things, they're trying to build it up. I'm, I'm, I can't say it enough. I'm excited. 177 days and counting. <laughs> all right. I'm done you know, with Final Fantasy. We can talk about Mitomo if you want. All right. Well, just one second here. This thing about Sean Bean dying. So it's first season of Game of Thrones. I don't consider it a spoiler anymore. Sean Bean's character gets beheaded. Anybody who's read the books knows that this character gets beheaded uh, like right away. But anyhow, like what I have heard um, sort of through the, the back channel cast rumors is that Sean Bean hadn't read the books and he did not realize that his character was going to be dead at the end of the first season. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like multiple, multiple cast members have said this and he's like, he got that script and he's like, what? <laughs> uh, oh, well, I Game hadn't Thrones, read the books, man. and I was really shocked when that happened. So he must have been yeah. super shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had read the books. The, the show was already going before book five came out, but I did read book five as it came out. So pretty much nothing in the shows has surprised me much. They, Although they there were lots of differences in the last season from the books. So And now they've exhausted all the content. From the books, which is why I'm super excited to see what they're going to go through next. And I've been just following all this hype, which I don't usually do for shows. But I just have to say, Game of Thrones marketing and PR people are genius because yeah. they have they have all their actors who are supposedly like promoting other projects that they're in, like saying this, and then another actor will say something else, and then the first actor will come back and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, but maybe it was this way. And it's just been going on and on and on and back and forth. And so everybody is just, like, freaked out <laughs> to find out what's going to happen. And I am one of those people. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, well, I'm, glad that it makes, I'm glad that it makes you happy. I it's, hate that show. An, you hate it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, how, mu okay. how much have you watched? Enough. <laughs> um, so no, wait, let me, let, let, this is a hundred percent. So I have two opinions. One of them that I will say off air, um, because it's inappropriate <laughs> for a, uh, for a family gaming podcast. Um, however, the second one is when I consume fiction and this is hundred percent, when I consume fiction, I have to root, I have to have someone I can root for that I actually like. Um, mm. and so I struggle with some pieces of fiction if I don't have anyone that I like. So I started reading the book. So I started reading what what it's called Game of Thrones, right? The first, the first book, one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Game of so Thrones. So I started reading that one. And you know how every chapter is from the perspective of a different character? Yes. I got halfway through the book. Every time I get to a new chapter, I'm like, God damn it, I got to read this guy again. Ah, damn it. And then I realized I did that on every chapter. 
And then I was like, all right, when's the last time I actually liked a chapter? And then it was chapter one. And I went, you know what? This is not for me. It's just not my thing. So yeah. I I am super glad that it makes everyone happy. And yeah. I mean, everybody's got to have a thing. And I, I play fantasy football. Not everybody yeah. plays fantasy football. And so I'm going to do my thing. You guys can have your Game of Thrones. I don't yeah. want it to go away. I don't want him to you know, like I, I want it to be a thing because there are a lot of people that are really happy. And there are a lot of people that are into fantasy literature that never would have been into fantasy literature because, you know, before. Yeah. So right. it is a super important touchstone. And I think it's one of those things that I can't wait until because my wife loves it. And so yeah. I can't wait until my kids are old enough and they can watch it and they can experience it with and talk about it with her and things like that. I just can't get into it because I really don't like any of the characters. Now, I understand yeah. my wife has tried to tell me there's certain characters that eventually I'll grow to like. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I don't want I, I have my time is valuable and I want to invest it in characters that I like right away. And it's yeah. not like it's just lacking in shows for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I love Shannara because <laughs> I like those characters. Now, objectively, that show is worse. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Objectively, I mean... it is worse, but I like it because I like the characters. Yeah. I don't think I had a problem in the first book liking like Arya. The character of Arya, I, I loved straight off the bat. You know, I, I guess you could probably see her as kind of a brat, but she was like strong-willed female, didn't want to be the girl in the silk dress. She wanted to learn how to fight with a sword and all that kind of stuff. So I've always loved her. But yeah, some of the other characters have grown to be people that you like much more so in the, the TV series than in the books, honestly. Um, at this point, I would say I like the TV series more than the books because I just feel like the character development has been better. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, so you know what? I think yeah. we're going to have to skip Mitomo and save it for next time <laughs> because we've gone up on these tangents. Oh. Um, I just okay, created so, one, Nicole. Oh, yeah. I created my Mitomo. Oh, I you did. Found well, good. Yet, but um, it's pretty yeah, cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. You'll have more to add to the conversation next week. Yeah, then. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's just quickly go around and talk about what we've been playing. Linda, what you've been playing? Well, um, I had a new little nephew visit this week, and we played a little Disney Fantasia. That was kind of fun. Nice. And I downloaded the Jack the River DLC for mm. um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate and almost stopped before I started because you start out playing as Jack the Ripper, which Jack is just right. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's about it. Oh no! I played um I played some Unravel. I downloaded the free demo of Unravel. Cool. What did you think of it? Um, you know, it's beautiful and the music's great. I don't. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not really that. I'm not a big platformer uh, puzzle puzzle platformer. It's okay though. It's very yeah. pretty. What do you think of it? I haven't played it. Oh, okay. It keeps showing up in my ads on like Xbox One. It keeps my Isaac like maybe we should jump in the store and see if they've dropped the price on it. Mm. Um, it, they just started this free um, demo download thing so you can play some okay. and find out if you like it do you have EA access I don't know it hasn't quite been worth the cost for me yet it it, it will be after this year man battle uh, I mean battlefront and mirror's edge I mean unless you're gonna buy all those retail yeah I don't I never played the first mirror's edge so I'm not super excited for it battlefront uh the you know, not super excited for that either. We bought it where my husband bought it actually to play with his friends. And he just, just he played it like five times. It was just like, no, I'm going to play something else. Hmm. So. 
but but yeah, you know, still EA Access is not not quite there for me yet because even like the Vault games that they have there that you can play are uh, there are there one there are the games that I'm completely not interested in or there are games that that I already own. So mm-hmm. it's just it's not it's not quite there for me yet. We'll just have to see though. I mean, I, I guess that that's reasonable. Um, I, I mean, I just have a, I have a passing interest in just about all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing that they're going to come out, I just don't buy them because I have my subscription. For example, like I'm not going to buy Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just not going to buy it day one. I'm going to wait until they give it to me for my subscription, which means I'll probably have to wait. Six, you know, if if Dragon Age is any in any indication, I'll wait seven months and get it for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, I haven't finished. I just stopped playing Dragon Age Inquisition because I just didn't have enough time. And the storyline in that is just way too involved for you not to have enough time. Like, you can't play once for two hours and then come back two weeks later and yeah. know what's going on. So, um, so yeah, so that has been pushed to the back of the plate. Hopefully, at some point, I will be able to play all three of them back to back so I can remember what the heck is going on in them. Um Okay, so Steven, what have you been playing? I have been playing, it is, I'm trying to remember it's what it's called. It is called Letter Quest Remastered for oh, yeah. uh, Xbox One. So Letter Quest is a, it's a, it's a game that was on Steam, came out last year, but this has been kind of redone and re-upped for Xbox One. It is, so it's a turn-based uh, I mean, I, I guess you could call it a role-playing game um, mm-hmm. where you play, and it's the the method of combat is you have it's it's boggle, like mm-hmm. you have the letter tiles out in front of you, and yeah. you have to make words, and the bigger words do more damage, and you play as death. <laughs> uh, okay, as weird as that, but like the super adorable version of death. Um, and uh, so full disclosure, uh, the PR company did provide me a review code for it. So I've been playing it for review. Um, it's super adorable. You play through these various levels, and um, every level has multiple different. There's different challenge modes that you can earn for the. You earn stars for each one. So first uh-huh. is just completing it, and then there's a time trial mode, which is where you have to go fast. Other than that, you can just sit there and kind of plan out each of your moves and take an hour per turn if you really want. And it's a lot of fun. You know, eventually you start unlocking abilities and superpowers, like different weapons that maybe only. You know, you do double damage for every word that includes a, an R or, you know, hmm, maybe huh. have, do extra damage if it has a double letter in it, things like that. And the monsters actually start messing with the tiles. Uh, there are some that will, like, be frozen so you can't use them and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, it really cute, really neat. Um, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's twenty. It's uh, coming out on the 8th. Uh, so by the time this podcast goes live, it will be up. Um, yeah. What's it on, Stephen? Uh, it's available on Xbox One uh, and Steam, and I believe also on PlayStation Four. Oh, okay. Um, and it's uh, if you enjoy that type of, you know, like if you like making words in your <laughs> games, um, which is a very specific subset of people, I recognize. Um, <laughs> if you like that, if you like playing Boggle, yes. and you want to like kill cute little monsters while you do it, then I highly recommend it. It's a nice little time waster. It's super light. This isn't Dark Souls. You know, yes, but, right. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. It sounds a little lo- bit like um, uh, Bookworm Adventures. Did you ever play Bookworm Adventures? Yes, and here's what's super interesting. Bookworm is in it. Huh. Oh, really? <laughs> He's okay. um. So you 
over time, you will complete missions that will open up stores. Uh-huh. And, like, you earn, because you earn coins and gems by completing these missions. And you can spend the gems on upgrades and on things like that. There's Eventually, you get these books that have kind of superpowers. Uh-huh. And it's Bookworm that sells them to you. Nice. Very, cool. So, very cool. Um, it's a very, you know, it's it's super, you know, it's, it's I, I'm a fan. I'm, stum- I'm stumbling over my words, but um, I'm a fan <laughs> of it for, you know, it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. Other than that, I'm still playing Clash Royale. Um, of course you are. Gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for me, obviously Hearthstone, uh, more Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2. Just recently discovered that there are collectibles <laughs> in the hub world. And I'm like, oh, man, there <laughs> goes my next month at least because <laughs> I love to collect those collectibles. But the thing that's interesting about that is like the last Garden Warfare, it was all multiplayer. Like that was where all the fun went. So you have to jump in, you have to do multiplayer. With this one, the single player stuff has been so good that I have barely jumped into multiplayer at all. I've just had so much fun doing the single player stuff. It's been awesome. Yeah, fun. Um, and then beyond that, I've played this cute little game called Cat Lateral Damage. It's on the PS4. You play as a cat, and the goal is to run around the house and just knock everything over that you can. Oh, fun. As, you know, cats will do. Um, so it's kind of, it's like goofy cartoony drawing. It's kind of like Katamari in a way where you're just sort of plowing into everything and knocking stuff done. Um, but it's uh, it's in first person from the cat's mode. And it, honestly, it made me a little motion sick, mm-hmm. like flinging the camera around and trying to see where I was supposed to go. And I mean, it was super cute. It was cool. Anna liked it. She thought it was hilarious. You unlock different cats that you can play as. Yeah. And I liked it, except for the fact that it, that it made me kind of sick. I was a little bummed. I would have liked to have played it more. Yeah. But that's how it goes. I have that a little okay. too with first person games. Yeah. Yeah, they're harder for that. Yeah, this one was was actually even harder than most first person games for me, mm-hmm. and I think it's because like with the shooters or whatnot, you can you can see your gun in front of you. It sort of gives you like I don't know some type of visual cue mm-hmm. as to like where you're going. This you don't see anything in front of you. It's purely just first person, mm-hmm. just the camera, and I think that that made things a little worse okay. for me. Yeah. So, but it's still cool. If you don't suffer from motion sickness, you should definitely check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's on PS4 for sure. It might be on PC too. It's definitely on PS4. That's where I played it. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. Linda and I work for Pixelkin. Our website is pixelkin.org. We talk about all kinds of things related to families and video games. From hardcore games all the way down to great apps for preschoolers. And you can find us on Facebook, Simply Pixelkin. And we're on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org. You can find the podcast itself on Twitter at Gaming with Moms. Steven is editor and founder of EngagedFamilyGaming.com, another awesome website about families gaming. What's different about his site is that they do lots and lots of board game content, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And you can find Steven on Twitter, at EFGaming. And he also has a really cool community group on Facebook where people post uh, great gaming memes. And you should totally check it yeah. out. To get to my Facebook group, you can go to EngageFamilyGaming.com slash community. You'll hop right in. All right, cool. Uh, okay, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. 
Bye.